This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week I'm taking a look back at the days when Christmas Day wasn't just a day for presents, turkey and overindulgence. If it fell on a Saturday, it was for football too. In this mini-episode, we'll take a look back at a tradition that seems curious now, but made perfect sense back in the day. Christmas Day and football. When we hear these words, the first thing that many of us will cast our minds back to is the famous Christmas truce of World War I, where soldiers of the Allies and the Central Powers put down their weapons, wandered into no man's land, and after a football was produced, a kickabout ensued and hostilities were briefly forgotten about. In England, fans of a certain vintage will remember that with Christmas Day being a public holiday, there would always be football on that day every single year, with the Christmas Day fixtures being one of the most anticipated set of games for fans. In the days before television, and even radio, it made sense to play, as clubs could get bumper crowds due to the lack of entertainment elsewhere. However, in Scotland, Christmas Day was not a public holiday. It was just another day for many working people across the country. There was no tradition of Christmas Day football, but if the big day fell on a Saturday, there would be games to go and watch. Punters would save their turkey dinner for after the game as players made sacrifices to ply their trade across the country's leagues. To the players, it was just another Saturday, and many of the men who played back then didn't feel particularly aggrieved at having to save the festivities until the evening when they got home. The first time league football was played in Scotland on Christmas Day was in 1897, and results on that day included a 4-0 win for Rangers against Dundee, a 3-1 win for Hibernian against St Mirren at Easter Road, and a 6-2 thriller at Tynecastle, where Hearts beat Partick Thistle 6-2. However, there are two full league cards we want to look at specifically here, the Christmas Day games held on the 25th of December in both 1965 and 1971. These two years were the last where full sets of fixtures were played in Scotland as society started to change. On Christmas Day in 1965, the Beatles were number one in the charts, with the double A side single of Day Tripper with We Can Work It Out, while the big film at the cinemas was the smash hit Dr. Zhivago, which had only been released three days prior to the 25th. It would be the second biggest film of the year, only losing out to The Sound of Music. The Glasgow Herald reported that motorists in the city centre of Glasgow would face tough fines for careless parking in order to attempt to clear the city's congested streets to give buses more room to get around. While it also reported on the Christmas truce far to the east in Vietnam, as the American and Viet Cong forces agreed a ceasefire during the festivities. Back in Britain, the first female Minister for Transport, Barbara Castle, also came under fire for admitting that she did not hold a driving licence. Curiously, in England on this day, the last ever Christmas Day Football League match was played as Blackpool won 4-2 against Blackburn Rovers at Bloomfield Road. Attitudes towards Christmas football were changing south of the border, 
But as it was a Saturday in Scotland, there would be a full card of fixtures. The results on this day were as follows. Rangers 2, Dunfermline Athletic 3, Celtic 8, Greenock Morton 1, Hart of Midlothian 4, St Mirren 0, Aberdeen 1, Hibernian 3, Falkirk 2, Partick Thistle 0, Kilmarnock 3, St Johnston 1, Dundee 4, Motherwell 0, Hamilton Academical 1, Clyde 4, Stirling Albion 2, Dundee United 4. The two main talking points of the day were in Glasgow, as both sides of the old firm suffered varying fortunes, as Celtic smashed Morton 8-1 in front of 21,000 fans. The Celtic goalscorers were Joe McBride with a hat-trick, doubles from Stevie Chalmers and John Yogi Hughes, and a solitary effort from Bobby Murdoch. Morton's outside left Craig Watson managed to get a consolation goal, but it was very much Celtic's day. Jim Craig remembers everyone involved with Celtic in a jubilant mood, and once he got to his grandmother's house at quarter past six for his Christmas dinner, he was congratulated by his family. All except for his mother, who harangued him for not showing up at half past five like he had agreed when he set out for Celtic Park that morning. The headlines in that day's edition of the Evening Times read, So easy for Seventh Heaven Celts, that they did not reflect well on their rivals, with the report on the game at Ibrooks reading, Fans boo Rangers at Ibrooks. Rangers lost 3-2 to Dunfermline, with the Pars getting their first ever win at Ibrooks in front of a crowd of roughly 30,000. Goals from Jim Forrest and George McLean weren't enough to stop Rangers losing to a scintillating Pars side. A double from Hugh Robertson, plus a goal from Bert Payton that the Evening Times described as bending like a banana to beat Billy Ritchie in the Rangers goal, were enough to give them victory. A young Alec Ferguson featured for Dunfermline on this day and would later go on to appear at Ibrooks for his boyhood team of Rangers. Travelling home to Fife wasn't just a problem for Dunfermline, it was also a problem for Rangers' Willie Johnston, as he didn't drive at the time, and he joked that he had to ask a Rangers supporters bus going to Fife if they had any room for a wee winger, not quite asking if there was any room at the inn. The other big results of the day were Hearts winning 4-0 against St Mirren, goals coming from Billy Higgins, a Johnny Hamilton penalty and a double from Willie Wallace in front of 6,250. Their rivals Hibernian travelled to Pataudry and won 3-1 at Aberdeen. Dundee also demolished Motherwell 4-0 at Dens Park in the other big result of the day, while last season's champions Kilmarnock defeated St Johnston 3-1 at Rugby Park. Even the Highland League had matches on Christmas Day. Caledonian FC beat Clachnacudden 3-2 at Grant Street Park. Nairn County beat Forest Mechanics 4-3. Elgin City thrashed Lossiemouth 6-1. Brora Rangers lost 3-2 to Ross County. 
Rothes beat Inverness Thistle 3-1 and the biggest result of the day had Keith defeating Huntley 12-1 away from home. That's right, 12-1. Moving on to Christmas Day 1971, the number one single in the UK charts was Benny Hill's humorous Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West, and there were three huge films showing at the cinema released in December 1971. Diamonds Are Forever saw Sean Connery return as James Bond after George Lazenby played the role of 007 in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Clint Eastwood debuted as Dirty Harry Callahan in Dirty Harry. And Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange also came out this month. The Glasgow Herald reported that Levi's Jeans were planning to open a factory in Dundee to create 250 new jobs in manufacturing, updated people on the strike that was ongoing between the management and workers of Grampian TV, and had a large section on page two dedicated to Scotland's sporting champions of 1971. These included boxer Ken Buchanan, golfer Betty Robertson, runner David Jenkins, figure skater Gene Scott, rugby player Peter Brown and Formula One driver Jackie Stewart. The sports pages also mentioned the intercity rivalry between Glasgow and Edinburgh as Celtic were playing Hearts and Hibs were playing Rangers. The scores in the first division that day were Airdrieonians 1, Clyde 1, Celtic 3, Heart of Midlothian, 2. Dundee United, 3. Dunfermline Athletic, 2. East Fife, 1. Motherwell, 1. Falkirk, 0. Aberdeen, 3. Hibernian, 0. Rangers, 1. Kilmarnock, 4. Morton, 2. Partick Thistle, 0. Air United, 1. St Johnston, 0. Dundee, 0. In the second division, notable fixtures included Clyde Bank beating Stenhouse Muir 2-1, Queen's Park beating Berwick Rangers 2-0, Hamilton Ackies beating Forfar Athletic 2-1, and St Mirren drew 2-2 with Dumbarton. Montrose and East Stirlingshire also racked up big away wins at Alloa Athletic and Stranraer respectively, both away sides winning 3-0. In the intercity matches, Celtic beat Hearts 3-2 with goals from Harry Hood, Jimmy Johnston and Dixie Deans. Hearts scorers were Derek Renton and Jim Brown. A crowd of around 36,000 watched this game as opposed to roughly 25,000 who saw Hibernian take on Rangers at Easter Road. Colin Steen scored the only goal of the match for Rangers against his former side. Kilmarnock beat Morton 4-2 as goals from Ross Matthey, John Gilmer and a double from Jim Cook were enough to see off the ton, who had also lost the previous Christmas Day fixture in 1965. Aberdeen inflicted a heavy 3-0 defeat on Falkirk at Brockville, where Dundee United and Dunfermline Athletic served up a real cracker of a match, with United prevailing 
Aid United recording a win at Firhill against Partick Thistle, while two games ended up as one-all draws, Airdrionians v Clyde and East Fife v Motherwell. Just about every game played on this day had some kind of entertainment, save for a goalless Tayside derby between St Johnston and Dundee. This game was so dull, when asked years later about the match, former Dundee player Jockey Scott had forgotten that he played in this match and even forgot that it had been played on Christmas Day. By 1976, the times were starting to change, and while the Scottish Football League had scheduled games for the 25th of December, they gave clubs the option to move their fixtures, as many clubs feared people staying at home on Christmas Day would lead to a drop in both attendance figures and gate money. Most clubs opted to switch the fixtures, but two matches carried on as planned in the first and second divisions. In the first division, there was a top-of-the-table clash between Clyde Bank in second place and first place St Mirren at Kilbowie Park. By this point, Alec Ferguson could count himself as a veteran of working in football on Christmas Day as a player with Dunfermline and Falkirk in 1965 and 1971 respectively, and now as manager of the Buddies. In his programme notes for supporters in the game at Love Street prior to this one, he didn't seem phased at all at the prospect of working on Christmas Day, writing, What better to complete your Christmas Day than producing everything that's good in football? The Bankies and the Buddies played out an exciting 2-2 draw, and both sides would win promotion to the Premier Division at the end of the season. St Mirren finished as champions on 62 points, with 91 goals scored, while Clyde Bank finished second on 58 points, with 89 goals. They replaced Hearts and Kilmarnock in the top flight the next season. Back to Christmas Day in 1976, and in the second division, 731 supporters braved the cold and travelled to Recreation Park in Arloa to see the Wasps take on Cowdenbeath. Arloa would win the match 2-1. After this, no more games were played on Christmas Day in Scotland. Times were changing, and people no longer wanted to put their turkey dinner off until they came in from the football on cold days, and Boxing Day matches became the norm. Kenny Cameron, who played for Dundee in 1965, and Dundee United in 1971, summed it up when he said, I don't think we'll ever see football played on Christmas Day again. A bloke can no longer say to his wife, I'm off to the game, back from my turkey later, even if he wanted to, and I'm not sure he would. Others though, such as Tommy McLean, who played for Kilmarnock in 1965, weren't too bothered about saving on the Christmas dinner until later in the day. He said, It's the Christmas shopping which would have done the men in. By the day itself, they'd have been desperate for a game. It's very unlikely that we'll ever see football played on Christmas Day in Scotland or England ever again. But over in Northern Ireland, football on the big day is still a tradition in Belfast, as the Steel and Sons Cup Final is played for by intermediate teams and has been competed for since the 1890s. However, in Scotland, all we can do is enjoy our dinner and presents on the 25th and look forward to the set of games that 
falls closest to Boxing Day. Thank you for listening to this festive edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. On behalf of everyone at Football Memories Scotland, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year when it comes around. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us in the new year when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland, in addition with Outsider Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Moore and Richard McBrearty.